So it is the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. In your heart, you know he's right. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. This is Liberty in Exile with your host, Yael Osofsky. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bring you liberty, not destroy it. The evil that governments do lives after them. The good is often interred with their bones. So let it be with liberty in exile. Hello and welcome to the program on this, the 22nd day of May in the year 2013. I'm your host, Yael Osofsky, broadcasting from the greatest city in the world, Wien, Österreich, here in the heart of the European Union. We're broadcasting to you on the Liberty Radio Network and on the No Agenda stream. And since we have been away from the mic, we are back to try to look at the news and to see what's actually going on with our governments. So, shall we, ladies and gentlemen, begin ever slowly. On the minds of a lot of people who are definitely reading their magazines and newspapers and tuning into the television sets, which thankfully uh, we do not do here in our Viennese apartment, because then we would have to pay extra taxes to the government. What people are seeing, reading, hearing about is all about taxation. It's Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. It seems as if we've hit the point in time where Governments are really no longer interested in allowing people to prosper. They now would like to just take all the money that they have, whether they be the poor man, the rich man, whatever it may be. So we're talking about tax compliance. We're talking about those pesky tax havens, so-called. We're going to crack down on tax and bank secrecy. We're going to go after those who try to, quote, avoid taxes. Now, that is the trope that is, uh, I guess I would say, regrettably being played out not only in the European Union, but also in the United States of America. And this is, I guess, just where the, the Western powers are now trying to put all of their resources. It's not about trying to foster growth and innovation. It's about trying to basically beat up all the people who actually make money and to hopefully get more system Uh, I guess, more money for the system, more money for the bureaucrats, and to continue to expand. So I guess uh, to to try to bring us into this, we have to play a a little clip that is uh, going on in the U.S. Congress. There is a special Senate investigation panel. I believe it was led by uh, Carl Levin, Senator Carl Levin, who uh, is from Michigan, And he's going on and on about why these corporations are terrible because they are, quote, avoiding taxes. And uh, we'll just uh, listen to a little bit of the first witness 
or I guess you could say person who was uh, receiving the grilling, so the grill E. His name is Tim Cook, CEO of Apple Computers, a company that is a very familiar to many consumers out there and uh, in the United States of America is the largest corporation now. So let's listen to what uh, Mr. Cook has to say in order to defend himself against these slanderous accusations of tax avoidance and tax cheating. With all this growth and investment, to the best of our knowledge, Apple has become the largest corporate income taxpayer in America. No, now that is an important point to make. Apple, this company that the United States of America and probably the IRS, uh, you know, as the after the last two weeks of scandals of them going after certain nonprofit groups, the fact that Apple is the largest corporate taxpayer in the U.S. again does not stop the fact that these people would like to, in the government at least, try to slander them and say that they're avoiding taxes. They're doing, of course, what is natural to anyone who has ever paid any money forcibly to the government. Last year, our U.S. federal cash effective tax rate was 30.5%, and we paid nearly $6 billion in cash to the U.S. Treasury. <laughs> that ain't nothing. We'll use our... We pay all the taxes we owe, every single dollar. We not only comply... But, uh, Mr. Cook, do you pay every single cent? See, that's why we've convened you here before this congressional panel, because we're very, very busy, and we need to find out if you've paid every cent to the government that we own. ...the laws, but we comply with the spirit of the laws. We don't depend on tax gimmicks. We don't move intellectual property offshore and use it to sell our products back to the United States to avoid taxes. We don't stash money on some Caribbean island. We don't move our money from our foreign subsidiaries to fund our U.S. business in order to skirt the repatriation tax. Now, there was a, an interesting study that was put out by, I believe it was the Independent Institute out there in Colorado, about where do all of these rich corporations mostly set up their businesses and how do they, quote, avoid taxes, as uh, the people in the government would like to say. And actually, if you read the study, it's very interesting. It, it goes to show you that the number one jurisdiction that U.S. companies and corporations use in order to avoid taxes, so-called, is uh, the, I would say, the, uh, the paradise known as Delaware. Now, if anyone has seen the movie The Social Network, that you're familiar with the scene where the character playing Peter Thiel, who's the first angel investor in Facebook, tells uh, Mark Zuckerberg that they're going to set up a corporation in Delaware. That's uh, obviously not a joke. I think I also read recently that there are more corporations in Delaware than actual people or residents. So it goes to show you that tax competition, as it plays out, is a good thing, and at least in the state of Delaware, has brought a lot of um, investment, a lot of richness, and I guess a lot of shell companies. But again, these are incentives that are created by the state, by these tax agencies. It's not as if Delaware is this, this grand, amazing place. So thankfully, there in the same panel, we have someone who is very helpful. We have someone who sees through the bull and would like to actually promote Apple and say that he is being bullied. Thankfully, we have a Republican senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul, 
in the same committee room, hearing the same testimony, and he gets to, to, I guess, speak his own mind when it comes to tax havens and avoiding taxes and the like. Enjoy. Frankly, I'm offended by the tone and tenor of this hearing. I'm offended by a $4 trillion government bullying, berating, and badgering one of America's greatest success stories. You know, tell me one of these politicians up here who doesn't minimize their taxes. Tell me a, a chief financial officer that you would hire if he didn't try to minimize your taxes legally. Tell me what Apple's done that is illegal. I'm offended by a government that uses the IRS to bully tea parties, but I'm also offended... To bully tea parties. That's kind of funny. It makes you, in your mind, really think of tea parties, not necessarily the movement. Very good. Very good there, Ron Paul. Really, really good. By a government that convenes a hearing to bully one of America's greatest success stories. I'm offended by the spectacle of dragging in executives from an American company that is not doing anything illegal. Shameful! If anyone should be on trial here, it should be Congress. Ooh. I frankly think the committee should apologize to Apple. I think that the Congress should be on trial here for creating a bizarre and Byzantine tax code that runs into the tens of thousands of pages for creating a tax code that simply doesn't compete with the rest of the world. This committee will admit that Apple hasn't broken any laws, yet we are forced to sit, and Apple is forced to sit through a show trial at the whims of politicians, when in fact Congress should be on trial for chasing the profits of great American companies overseas. We haul before this committee one of America's greatest success stories, and you want applause? I say instead of Apple executives, we should have brought in here today a giant mirror. Ring. Okay? So we could look at the reflection of Congress because this problem is solely and completely created by the awful tax code. If you want to assign blame, the committee needs to look in this mirror and see who created the mess. See who created this tax code that is chasing American companies overseas. Our corporate tax code is double Canada's. I never thought I'd be complimenting Canada for their tax code. Ours yeah, thanks a lot, e. Double Canada. Double a lot of Europe. Instead of complaining that ours, theirs is too low, why don't we set about to work that ours is too high? Now, having paid taxes in Canada, and again, I have to remind listeners that there is a Canadian tax, and there's also the provincial taxes you have to pay. So if you live in a province like Quebec, you're having to pay those in Quebec, having to pay those in Ottawa. It is a fun game. Apple has 600,000 jobs they've created, American jobs, and we want to drag them before this committee to chastise them? I find it uh, abominable. 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 So that is uh, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, so who, he gets in his own little uh, take on what's going on with this whole tax hearing. And it's so interesting, you know, the, I guess the focus has always shifted as the political elites would like to have it. Now, there's a good article that I've linked in the show notes, and again, you'll be able to listen to all the clips and see all the articles I'm talking about here in the show notes at libertyinexile.com. Uh, there's an article here from the Wall Street Journal by Mr. James Bovard. He's a uh, very great uh, journalist and author. I've read a few of his books, and he has an article here, A Brief History of IRS Political Targeting. Now, we know that the last uh, few weeks has been sort of mirrored by 
everything going on with the IRS and all these tax scandals. So really what we're seeing now with uh, the evolution of this is that people in the government are trying to obviously push people away or trying to make people look towards maybe something that uh, can get them even more upset, right? That will get the ire off of the government and towards these uh, corporations who obviously are stealing everyone's uh, tax dollars and ripping everybody off. So that's a great article. And uh, here's just the first paragraph from uh, Mr. James Bovard. Many Republicans are engaged over revelations in recent days that the Internal Revenue Service targeted conservative nonprofit groups with a campaign of audits and harassment. But all the troubles now dogging the Obama administration, including the Benghazi fiasco and the Justice Department snooping on the Associated Press, the IRS episode, however alarming, is also the least surprising. As David Berman noted in A Law Unto Itself, the IRS and the Abuse of Power, In almost every administration since the IRS's inception, the information and power of the tax agency has been mobilized for explicitly political purposes. So he has a a great little historical review of the IRS and political targeting, a very uh, interesting tale. And again, that'll be linked in the show notes. And, uh, you know, for all this going on... It is the problem that is continuously brought up, that there is not enough money paid into the system. That is the big issue. That is the problem. That is what's wrong with all the finances, that taxes aren't high enough. There's a good article that was put out recently about in, in France, in the, the lovely Le, Le Pays Francais, where they're targeting about 800 people who actually have to pay tax rates of hundred percent a one hundred percent tax rate that means every money every single dollar every single cent that you make will go to the government ladies and gentlemen so uh, just please do not collect go please submit your two hundred dollar annual salary and that is the game that is how it is played now there uh, this is is in the united states now where they're having this uh, sort of tax debate and it's really not as bad as what's going on here on the European continent. It is much worse, obviously, here, because we're talking about so much more money. But when we look at the whole of this whole debacle, if you can call it that, it's, as it was stated before, governments who have now grown beyond their means and are trying to find new ways to finance everything that they cannot today pay for. And uh, people like me, well, looks like we're going to the ones who are going to be screwed. We're the ones who are going to be left having to pay for all the projects that they've put together in the last few years. And ladies and gentlemen, that will be our fall. So here's a little clip that I have to play uh, from the EU Council Summit. This is going on today, the 22nd of May. Uh, This is going on, I believe, in Brussels now. You have all the heads of state which are gathering and they're uh, getting together to talk about energy and they're talking about this whole scourge of people not paying taxes and attempting to avoid taxes within the Eurozone and within Europe. So here is uh, the uh, chief uh, vampire himself, Herman van Rompuy, who's going to talk all about the plan of what's going to happen at this summit. Dear colleagues, I welcome you all to this European Council. Welcome in particular to our new colleagues, Enrico Letta. Prime Minister of Italy, and Alenka Bratusek, Prime Minister of Slovenia. Today we discuss two issues of crucial importance. 
for Europe's economy, energy Crucial and taxation. Important. For both, the moment is ripe for progress. First, energy and how it impacts our competitiveness. All our countries struggle with high energy prices. It's a big concern for households and for European industry too. There are no miracle solutions, but we can make more out of our energy, consuming less and better, producing more and greener, and joining forces in a true single energy market. It's the right moment for a strategic debate. We're also returning to the question of tax evasion and tax fraud, Ooh, here it which we already took up in March. Here, it's high time to step up the fight. High time to step up the fight against the people who do not pay the tax. We've seen headline after headline highlight loopholes in tax systems, and we know it's a problem. None of you can solve on his or her own, and that Europe-wide, hundreds of billions of euros are at stake. So we need to channel the momentum and keep up the pressure. Channel the momentum. Just to be perfectly clear, we are not talking about harmonizing taxes oh. or Europe taxing more or taxing less. No. Right. We are talking about jointly fighting unacceptable practices that allow some people to avoid paying taxes altogether. It's simply a matter of fairness. We have limited time, so let's get down to business. All right, guys, let's get all together. Put all your information. And the reason I wanted to talk about this on this program, and I guess this could be labeled the uh, the tax, uh, how to avoid taxes. I mean, you can even call that. That would be our episode of Liberty in Exile. Every single government now is trying to crack down. And in the European Union, for someone like Human van der Rompuy, who is uh, the unelected, might I remind you, bureaucrat uh, who heads the European Council, he is seen as the so-called president of Europe, of course, again has never, ever been voted in by the people. But uh, what we're seeing is that somehow this supranational institution known as the European Union is going to somehow implement some kind of plan which will allow people and governments to have fairness in their taxes. Now, hearing this and listening to the YouTube clips and trying to read it in the newspapers throughout the week, I find myself in an interesting position. I am myself uh, just a, a lowly resident here in Europe. I'm a citizen of, of Canada and the U.S., so I do have to pay taxes over there, which is, again, not very fun. But I feel for my European brethren. I feel for them. And as such, I found it, uh, I guess, interesting to perhaps read the actual document that they will be talking about at this year's uh, summit over there in Brussels, uh, this is a, quote, an action plan to strengthen the fight against tax fraud and tax evasion. I've linked this in the show notes at libertyinexile.com. Again, that's where you can get all the links and more. And uh, you can send uh, any other information that you have uh, to my email address, yael, Y-A-E-L, at live.ca for anything else. And uh, trying to go through this document, of course, it's a... Uh, probably around 20 pages, you know, sort of lays out their plan, what they want to do. Obviously, they're talking about loopholes and uh, anti-fraud, and then they're talking about VAT taxes. And then there, there are a few things that sort of stuck out to me. Number seven, recommendation regarding measures intended to encourage third countries to apply minimum standards of good governance in tax affairs. 
So what they're talking about here in this particular section is ways to encourage different countries to, you know, put up some sort of awesome standard to crack down on these tax holes. These tax holes who are trying to get out of paying too many taxes and giving all their money to the government, which is, as we all know, a perfectly amiable thing that I believe every single individual person basically tries to do. You're trying to maximize your own gains and you're trying to minimize your own losses and the same applies to taxation. And within this section, I have a a specific quote that is very interesting. It is sort of looking at the internal market and taxation within. And here is a clause here. It says, as a result, the overall protection of a member state's tax revenues tends only to be as effective as the weakest response of any one member state. This does not erode the member state's tax bases, but also endangers fair competitive conditions for business and ultimately distorts the operation of the internal markets. They're talking about people moving their money around in Europe within the internal market, and that is somehow messing up tax bases because why would someone try to pay 8% tax when they could instead be paying 30% tax, or in the case of France, up to 85 or even 100% tax? So what would the European Union like to do? Well, here in this document, they talk about blacklisting non-compliant jurisdictions and uh, renegotiating or suspending all types of conventions. Now, this would hurt the place where I'm at right now in Austria. Here in Austria, they have a culture of bank secrecy that has been in in place a long time, and they have their own rigid tax structures, and they allow certain entities to pay lower taxes. Again, it's not at all low compared to American standards or to Irish standards, but still it is much lower than, say, France or the UK. So uh, another interesting quote I found in this document uh, that you can find over there in the show notes is uh, one little, it's a one-liner, right? It's one of these little headliners that shows up over every little piece of information. It says, by paying taxes, businesses can have an important positive impact on the rest of society. That's the type of thinking that we're having to compete with here. What they're talking about is a type of taxation to where the taxation itself provides good for the rest of society. That is to say that the value that they provide just by being a business, just by providing goods or services, just dwarfs the entire idea of the state stealing money and redistributing it exactly how they want. Now, it's sad to see that uh, Europe, where so much beautiful culture and innovation has come to fruition, has to be subject to such, I guess, uh, trivial tax philosophies. These tax holes in the European Union are, again, putting together their, their minions to crack down on so-called aggressive tax planning. And this document has so much more in that, and they're talking about international tax fora where they can all come together and try to exchange information. And I, I guess perhaps the, what I would end this with, and one of the most disturbing parts I saw in this European document is how they're going to create something that's called a European tax identification number. Now, what this will do exactly is it will allow European institutions themselves, so imagine a European tax agency, 
to have a specific file on a specific person and you would have a European taxpayer's code. This is how, ladies and gentlemen, they plan to do it. For all you lowly slaves all over the European Union, please do hear me, hear me. Again, where should you put your money? Where should you put your hard-earned dollars that they cannot steal it? Again, I am no expert, but as we're seeing it come down the line, you might want to turn to some in such a time. Now, this document just goes to show you what the plan is. And, uh, you know, if we do all need European tax identification numbers, then I have to say, really, what draws the line? What really stops the EU itself from imposing its own tax, making it so you have to pay taxes to not just a city or to a state or to your country? You have to pay it to the European Union. Of course, it's all in the it's all in but fairness and tax compliance and all about just being awesome and being fair. And uh, since we're talking about this, and since it seems as if the entire European establishment is against the individual here in Europe, I thought I'd play a, a clip or two about people who are actually out there telling the truth and doing some good things. So here is a United Kingdom Independence Party leader Nigel Farage in the European Parliament himself talking about tax havens in the EU and the scourge of people not paying taxes. Oh, it's terrible. Now, Mr. Farage. Thank you. Well, there's a great degree of unity here this morning, a common enemy, rich people, uh, successful companies um, evading tax. Which <laughs> Successful companies evading tax. ...is a problem. Uh, Avoiding tax, which is uh, not illegal, uh, but it gives this whole chamber this morning a high moral tone. And as Mr Barroso says, it's all about the perception of fairness. Because there is the added bonus, of course, that it drives a wedge between the United Kingdom and the Channel Islands, the Isle of Man and the Caymans. But before we uh, declare our virtues, perhaps we ought to look just a little bit closer to home, and I hope that uh, the taxpayers all over Europe uh, listen to this. If we look at the officials that work for the European Commission and work for the European Parliament, the highest category are people that earn a net take-home pay of just over £100,000 a year. And yet, under EU rules, they pay tax of 12%. It's tax fraud on an absolutely massive scale. (laughs) So it seems as if the euro holes are the tax holes are the same holes who aren't paying the taxes that everyone else pays holes. Mr. Barroso, I would say to you that how can that be deemed to be fair? How can people out there struggling, the 16 million unemployed in the eurozone, how can they look at these institutions? Not only paying people vast sums of money, but allowing them tax and also, of course, pension benefits on a scale not seen anywhere else in the world. So- I mean, we're talking about some great gigs to get uh, up to the position of EU commissioner, even you know, a bureaucrat somewhere in the atomic agency. I mean, we're talking massive pension, massive pay. Awesome. Um, I suggest we have a bit less of this high moral tone. And what have these officials given us? Well, they were the architects of the euro, which is a complete disaster. Their obsession with global warming, which chimes uh, very strongly here, means we're despoiling our landscapes and seascapes with these disgusting wind turbines and driving up energy prices. But never let it be said, uh, never let it be said that I can't acknowledge success when I see it. And I'm sure the citizens of Europe will all clap and cheer loudly that the grave mortal danger 
of olive oil in dipping bowls has been removed by the officials. What- okay, now that's a, another point that I, I didn't get at. Uh, I was able to talk a little bit about Twitter this week. Uh, it seems as if the European uh, Commission itself has a plan to, of course, rid these uh, the tables all across Europe of these large jugs of olive oil, and they have to be pre-packaged and basically has to come from some huge corporate entity. It can't be the mom-and-pop olive shop that uh, supplies this olive oil to the local places, so uh, that is going to make eating at Vapiano not very amusing, that is for certain. Well done, everybody. Well well done, all. Well done, all. And, uh, you know, to listen to Nigel Farage, and of course he's getting scant applause because it's him and maybe two other people who agree with him in the entire chamber... It does show that there is a problem, and it's it's uh, very interesting to be here in Europe, and it's interesting to hear dissenting voices, and I actually heard many dissenting voices uh, a few, last week. I was in Oslo, Norway for the Oslo Freedom Forum. I, I wrote a, an article about it for Students for Liberty, whom I was there representing as being a member of the European Executive Board, and uh, was able to, to meet a lot of different people who are in their own countries, and this is across the world, fighting for freedom fighting for self-rule and fighting for the right to decide their own future. And the reason that I want to talk about the European Union so much and the reason that I study it and the reason that I attempt to engage a lot of people in conversation about it is that we're talking about an inherently anti-democratic institution, which should make a lot of people upset and angry when we talk about the continent that gave birth to democracy when we talk about the continent that has been plagued with revolutions and wars in order to protect democracy. The fact that people can just so willingly give up their laws, give up their own autonomy in order to give it away to some enlightened institution is scary, and I think it should be to a lot of people, and hopefully more people listening, more people being skeptical out there will try to understand this point. Again, I know not all of the answers surrounding the European Union. I know not what people were thinking when they voted to have the European Union back in the 90s in certain jurisdictions and countries, but I know that it is not at all the monstrosity that we have today. When we have an entity like this that is so unaccountable to the people, so far removed from the populace, when we have people rioting all over Europe, not just in Spain, not just in Greece, but now even in uh, Stockholm, in Sweden. Again, I, I have no clue why exactly they're rioting. Some say it's uh, collected as some sort of police action, but it goes to show that people are not upset with the people are upset with the status quo. People are not in their present state happy. They do not feel as if they have power. They do not feel as if they live in democratic times. But again. Fear not leaders, fear not people, because the real supranational leaders of Europe are here. Here enter François Hollande, président de la République française. Sera abordé l'ensemble de la question de la fraude fiscale et de l'évasion fiscale. Now, now he's talking about the fraud, right? So fiscal and uh, tax fraud, and then the tax evasion, whatever that word means, tax evasion, which of course is not illegal, which you and I could very, very easily do. Uh, You know, marrying someone, for example, is tax evasion because you're not paying the single rate anymore. Et donc, nous avons à cœur de lutter contre toutes les sources 
de l'évasion et notamment euh, des paradis fiscaux. Comment les... Yeah, so now the fight is on against these these uh, fiscal paradises, right? The, the tax havens that are located all over Europe. And uh, again, in Europe, where are they? They're in Luxembourg, they're in Switzerland. I mean, they're in countries where they have a tradition of keeping your banking information secret. But now, due to the influence of these uh, tax holes, these euro holes, they're doing everything they can to squeeze these countries out of all the power that they have. And unfortunately, the same is being applied to Austria right now, which makes it uh, all the, I guess, not fun at all. But again, that's what happens when you have free people speaking their minds, and uh, who knows what's going to happen next. Free speech is a <coughs> great idea, but we're in a war. So looking at uh, the next uh, links I have lined up here on Liberty in Exile, again, you can find those on libertyinexile.com. I think I've uh, made the theme of this episode a little bit about tax fraud and tax evasion. And, uh, you know, if I had some sort of comprehensive guide to teach you all how to do it, I would do it in a heartbeat. So uh, there's a, a lot of good articles, though, in the show notes you'll find about Rand Paul at the hearing. And there are uh, a lot of actually very good uh, polls that are going on in all these articles. And most people are siding with Rand Paul that trying to unfairly target Apple is nothing but uh, showmanship. So congratulations, those over there in the American Congress. You're doing a great job in following the example of the European Union tax holes. Way to go, way to go. And uh, someone else who has spoken out against this uh, to a great degree is Daniel Hannan. Uh, he is himself a member of the Conservative Party in the European Parliament, and he writes uh, very good articles for The Telegraph. And uh, he himself talks about, you know, what really this is about is about harmonizing taxation. Now, what that would do at, at its core, and we just read the document uh, not long ago, it's about trying to get people to all pay taxes together, to have a harmonized system where people pay the same rate everywhere, and we can equally screw all of you European citizens, and uh, that way we can control you all and uh, pass any type of legislation we want. And, of course, you cannot stop the European Commission because nobody voted for them and they have no accountability. So what does that brood for my European brethren and sistren? What does that brood for those who attempt to make money, earn a living, and do everything they can to live their life as they see fit? It is to say that there is a lot going on and they have a lot of pressure and they're going to have a, a lot of people looking down on them, especially those in government, especially those in these bureaucratic institutions that are doing nothing but hurting the little guy. It is but one measure of what we're trying to cover here on Liberty in Exile. I hope you appreciate this episode. Please do visit the website, libertyinexile.com. And, of course, this episode is being streamed out on the Liberty Radio Network and the Noel Agenda stream. We'll be back next week with much more. If you uh, like the format here of going one topic at a time, uh, please do send me mail, go to the Liberty in Exile webpage, or hit me up on Twitter at Y-A-E-L-O-S-S at I am your host, Yael Osofsky, broadcasting from Vienna, Austria. Until next time, au revoir et bonne chance à tous.
visit libertynextile.com.